There's this great fear right now that AI is going to displace workers and cause significant unemployment. Not only the most talked about topic right now in growth and technology. AI could be a great thing for the future. Are we in a bull market or are we still in a bear market? Good day. Today is Thursday, June 8th, 2023, and this is The Bash. Welcome to The Bash, where we bring the analyst and planner to the table to discuss relevant financial and investment topics. We're going to have 60 seconds to discuss each topic. Scott, my man, the analyst, and before we jump ahead to the market, some big news the past few days, Liv, PGA merging, Lionel Messi moving to Miami. Which one are you following right now? I guess both are pretty big news in the uh, sports world. Um, <laughs> Pretty big, yes. This is a very, very, very big deal. You know what, though? I, I would be more on the soccer news because that's pretty exciting with Messi coming to the U.S. And uh, just the ability to maybe get to see him play live would, would be pretty awesome. All right, enough about sports. Let's move on to some of the news and the recent passing of the debt ceiling deal. I'm going to get right to it, Scott. What is the collateral damage moving forward? What did you learn? First, let's take a step back. We need to back up. Because we've heard the term debt ceiling now uh, so frequently for the last couple of months. And it's amazing. There's a lot of people out there that may want a little clarification as to what exactly is the debt ceiling. What? What is it? So the debt ceiling refers to the maximum amount of money that the government can borrow to fund its operations. It is a legal limit set by legislation beyond which the government cannot borrow additional funds to meet its financial obligation. The debt ceiling is often used as a mechanism to control government spending and ensure fiscal responsibility. So now that people know that the debt ceiling is pretty serious, we now know also the last two decades, government um, is playing chicken, but both sides blink. Both sides are in agreement that they are not going to allow the US dollar to default uh, and both sides over the last two decades have raised the debt ceiling. And once again, we kick the can down the road for another two years. Uh, and this is simply a confirmation of what we believe. Uh, both parties do not want to default, and we will continue to raise the debt ceiling to pay our bills. So we cool? Scott, great points. You start out with a definition. You know I love that. Came off more like you were the planner here. And I'm going to try to act like the analyst, which I'm not. But let's talk about the market. And what I learned is the stock market, it was ahead of the decision. Way ahead of schedule, yet again. And why do I say that? Well, the volatility leading up to the agreement, it was very minimal. If actually, if actually the market was positive uptrend over this past month, the one month trailing return of the S&P 500 was 4.17% as of June 2nd. So the market was positive during this time. It was telling us that they were gonna get this deal done. And if anything, in my opinion, the market was more focused on interest rates. They were more focused on the recent jobs report and the inflation reports that were coming out. To reiterate though, Scott, what you said, make no mistake, this was very serious and there was a chance that bills were not gonna be paid such as social security payments to Americans. Um, credit rating could have been dropped. There was a threat for the US. This happened, I think, back in 2011 and caused major volatility in the stock market. But overall, the stock market was ahead. And in my opinion, political news such as this causes that minor volatility. But long term, the stock market was focused on other economic news. Matt, I love hearing you talk about markets. 
I love it so much. I want to continue talking about markets, but this time I want to talk about the markets and specifically the indexes that we follow. And we often hear clients asking, should I be following the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, the Russell 1000, the NASDAQ? So what do you feel is the best gauge for the health of the U.S. markets? Scott, thank you for turning this over here about the stock market. And I'm going to say S&P 500. So first, of course, let's define what that is. The S&P 500 is an equity index made up of 500 of the largest companies traded on either the NYSE, NASDAQ, or CBOE. The S&P 500 is calculated by adding each company's float-adjusted market capitalization. So look, in other words, we're saying here, you multiply total shares outstanding versus the company's current market price, you get the total market capitalization. But when you turn on TV, you always see them talking about the Dow Jones. And I remind clients all the time that Dow Jones is only made up of 30 companies. 30, not 500. So we're only looking at 30. That's not, that's not, that's not a lot. And crazy enough, in my opinion, is a price-weighted index, meaning the more expensive the stock, the higher the weight. So it's not even talking about the total value. And another thing I like about the S&P 500 is, according to a study by McKinsey, it states that by 2027, 75% of the companies currently on the index will have disappeared or turned over. So you're always getting the top 500 companies are being turned over and updated in the S&P 500 index. Scott? Well, Matt, I'm glad that we agree that the S&P 500 should be the index that majority of investors uh, should be looking at as the broad market. Uh, it amazes me how many investors still look at the Dow Jones and they're extrapolating that as the overall U.S. stock market health. Wow. Just wow. Uh, myself, though, I do want to take the conversation a step further and point out that when you have a market cap weighted index, you are still going to have a higher weight on the largest companies. For example, the top five companies represent close to 20 to 25 percent of the overall S&P 500. That's pretty good. With another 495 companies to go. So when we're looking at all of the indexes out there to provide to our investors and we're building the models around, we wanna make sure that we're providing real diversification. For example, the S&P 500 expands to the S&P 1500, where you're simply taking the exact same philosophy of a market cap weight, but expanding it to 1500 companies. Personally, right now in the market, Clients should also be looking at growth, specifically the Russell 1000, your largest growth companies that are out there. And this is providing that pure exposure for some of those more aggressive investors that are looking for growth in an environment where we believe the Fed is going to be pivoting, if not already. Scott, a lot of good points. I heard you say the word growth, and I want to move on to our next question. There's been a Resurgence in growth so far in 2023 with the spotlight revolving around artificial intelligence. It's hard to go anywhere without people talking about AI-related software technology. So let's play one of our favorite games, Scott. Fill in the blank. What do you think of AI in 2023? For me, I, I think the word that comes to mind uh, right now, uh, cautiously, it, it's euphoria. But I want to take a step back for a moment. I want to define artificial intelligence uh, because there's a lot of companies that are getting lump-summed 
into uh, an, what's called an AI company. So artificial intelligence refers to the development of computer systems capable of performing tasks that typically require human intelligence. It involves the simulation of human intelligence in machines, enabling them to learn, reason, perceive, and make decisions. So this is not only the most talked about topic right now in growth and technology, and it is what has moved so much of the markets this year. Uh, as a matter of fact, the NASDAQ, as of uh, yesterday's close, up, up a little over 25% uh, year to date. Um, and that is driven mainly in part uh, by AI. And, and I believe that a lot of the uh, companies that are being lump summed into a, a, an artificial intelligence company, they're getting this valuation that may in the short term be a little bit rich. And it leads me to the question of, are you trading it or are you investing in it? If you're trading AI stocks, best of luck to you. Best of luck. That's short term trading. You really need to be able to understand momentum. And I believe that those companies have run very, very far, very, very fast, some of which have doubled this year. If you're investing for long-term growth, you are looking at a dollar cost averaging strategy where frankly, you don't care as much about today's price. You care more about the long-term strategy and what you're doing around it. As long as we get paid or you get shot, I'm happy. Matt, what do you think? Scott, my word, disruption and Quick question, but it's really rhetorical. Hey, I mean, have you heard of ChatGPT? It's a form of artificial intelligence. So let's first define it. ChatGPT, it's an advanced language model developed by OpenAI. GPT models are designed to generate human-like text by predicting the most probable next word or sequence of words given a prompt. They have been trained on a diverse range of internet text to learn patterns, grammar, and semantic relationships. So, Scott, if you want to hear something ironic, receive this definition from ChatGPT. And I'm going to now spit out some research when it uh, comes to artificial intelligence going forward. BCA Research cites a recent paper contending that 10% of tasks could be done by via AI, affecting 80% of the U.S. workforce. And some of the areas would include law, education, information technology, and management consulting. There's this great fear right now that AI is going to displace workers and cause significant unemployment. Uh-oh. On the other side here, Deutsche Bank and their team writes, however, historically technological innovations that increase productivity ultimately have led to rising real wages. So, Scott... It may not be so bad for the future, and really to back with your point here, a um, recent article by Jack Otter Barron said, just the mere mention of AI exposure has been enough to lift some stocks recently. So it's definitely helping the market in the short term right now, and AI could be a great thing for the future and the workforce. It's all great stuff, Matt. Let's just hope uh, AI is used, obviously, for the best of use, right? I agree. You just can't go around killing people. Why? Matt, I'm going to ask you this question first, but we're asked this by clients on a weekly basis. I'm just going to throw it out there. Are we in a bull market or are we still in a bear market? Scott, thanks for the investment question. And I don't know and I don't necessarily care. We do not care. But before I get to that, let's define what a bull market is. A bull market is a period of time in financial markets when the price of an asset or security rises continuously. 
The most common definition of a bull market is a situation in which stock prices rise by 20% or more from recent lows. So getting back to what I know or if I care, I do know the following. The S&P 500 is up 12.35% year to date as of the close on June 2nd. Has there not been headlines of inflation, interest rate increases, debt ceiling crisis, threat of recession? I can tell you this much, the market, what I do know is resilient and it's forward looking like we said earlier. And it looks like it expects to me a soft landing as the worst case scenario for a recession in the future. So I said I don't know, but I would lean towards yes, Scott, because that to me bodes well for a future, for a bull market going forward and for the future. What are your thoughts? Well, one thing you just said that I agree with vehemently is markets look ahead. And markets began to look ahead last October, eight months ago, which is when I believe the bull market began. And the chart that everyone is able to see in front of them is the S&P 500, which everyone can clearly see the channel that started back in October and began the upward trend higher. This technical chart is showing strength, but there's fundamental strength behind it. And I believe that we are in a bull market. Inflation peaked last summer. The spread on high yield peaked last summer. We've now had two consecutive quarters of positive returns. Has never happened in a bear market. There's a number of reasons to point to, but the one and most important one that I point to is the Fed. The Fed, I believe, now has turned and become data dependent. And with the data coming in tame, showing inflation not only has moderated but is falling, we have very good reason to believe that the Fed pivot has begun. So I believe we are in a bull market. And I believe that, as we've said for the majority of this year, investors should be buying on dips. Right here, right now. And using volatility as a way to dollar cost average for the long term. Scott, thanks for the input. Always on top of... Of course, a bull market. Anything else you want to add or you learn from uh, this show today? I love the talk on artificial intelligence. I'm glad that you didn't list uh, my position as one that's on the chopping block. All right. Well, that will come in the next episode. So, all right, let's turn it over here and let's tell all of our investors out there, don't forget to stay focused, stay disciplined, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Bash. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor. Member, FINRA, SIPC. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee for future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this material may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. This information is not intended to be a substitute for specific individualized tax or legal advice. We suggest that you discuss your specific situation with a qualified tax or legal advisor.